What is up, everyone? Good morning. I guess I should do the right way. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night to everyone watching. What is going on? It's the face reveal. We are here. It's it's us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's me, Devin, Austin. We're, we're, we're finally here. Um, they, uh, they know what we look like now. Oh, shoot. I've been putting this off. Credit cards. <laughs> the social securities are going to come out soon. I think the FBI just knocked on my door. It's over. The gig is up. But hey, um, so we decided to step away from just audio podcasting and come to you live, Twitter, YouTube, working on other stuff. Um, we're just going to bring you NFL stuff still. Uh, it's a great day for baseball if you're a Texas Ranger fan. Just saying, but we'll have basketball come your way. Devin's your guru on basketball as well. Um, yeah. Because all I know is that Kevin Durant shoots it from outside giant circle, and that's three points. Yeah. Um, oh. I believe that James Harden steps back behind big circle, goes in net sometimes. Okay, anyways. Let's get... <laughs> Let's get right into it because both of us are very sad. So yeah, it's a ru- it's a rough week. We were sad starting off Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I I think we just shouldn't watch football on Thanksgiving. If your team didn't play on Thanksgiving, then it's probably good for you. But if you're like a Raiders fan or a Bills fan, probably I I would say you could be happy as a Bears fan, but I don't think any Bears fan is happy. No, not at all. The, the, so, the Bears fans were sitting there stuffing in hand saying, how could it get worse? And you went on a field goal. Justin Fields didn't play. Matt Nagy is still employed. You know, the best of both worlds. <laughs> well, there was that thing, too, that he, you know, might have gotten fired after the Thanksgiving game. Did you ever really believe that? In my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't going to happen because the franchise is borderline competent. But, man, I, I really hoped so. I thought DeAndre Swift was going to be that nail in the coffin. But the coffin was his, surprisingly, on thir- on Thursday. He he got hurt in the first quarter after being the entire offense for that first drive. Like, yeah, he got, like, three touches the first three plays of the game and got and tackled out of bounds and fucked up his shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, like, that shit hurts. Like, I don't care who you are. I sat there. I was like, I wanted to cry. I was like, fuck. Yeah, fantasy or not, fantasy. I... I Fantasy all weekend was just, I kind of want to cry. If you had Swift, Waller, and CMC on the same team. No, thank you. No, thank you. So so the Bears beat the Lions. Um, what? Josh what Reynolds, else? wide receiver one. Um, Josh Reynolds. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson's a Three catches man. for 70 yards, three catches for 35 yards, and a TD for Hawkinson. Reynolds got a TD. Khalil Goff Max only threw for, for 171. It was like watching... Uh, so you know how like Costco has their own brand of water, Kirkland Signature? This was the Kirkland Signature matchup of the week for the NFL because honestly, there was no top-end talent to be shown. Um, the best skill position player on the field for both teams was either Darnell Mooney or TJ Hawkinson because I'm pretty sure Allen Robinson played, but you could tell me otherwise, and I would not argue against that. It, it was legit Don't think like watching. <laughs> Ex- exactly. That's his season so far. No offense to Allen Robinson, but 
you're playing fantasy, it's kind of how it works. But grand scheme, nobody of merit or value actually played on Thursday. It was basically Dan Campbell and Matt Nagy exchanging mean looks across the sideline for 60 minutes. And eventually people scored, but it wasn't pretty. It wasn't tasty. And honestly, the Thanksgiving Day Parade was better television on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was, uh, I mean, I get it. The It's a tradition for the Lions to play every single year. But as long as they're bad, they'll probably, they got torched by Houston and Will Fuller last year. I remember that mainly because of fantasy, but I remember that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on so I can get this out of the way. The Las Vegas Raiders defeated the Dallas Cowboys 36-33. Moving on to the Bills and Saints. Okay, hold up, hold up. <laughs> okay, so I, I literally said it last week when we lost to the Chiefs. Penalties and drops have to stop if the Dallas Cowboys want to compete. The drops were down a little bit, but Dalton Schultz had a big drop on third down, third and 10. Um, I believe that became a three and out. We had a lot of three and outs that night. Um, um, let's see. We were down CD and Amari Cooper again. Um, when your two top wide receivers are out, I'm not making excuses, but it re- you start to see when there's less separation for everybody, for Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, uh, Malik Turner, Dalton Schultz. These guys, these guys don't get separation like Amari and CD would. They're not open as much. Um, makes it tough on Dak because he has to fit in windows. And there's games where he doesn't fit in the windows like he normally would. And and I get it. He was off for a year. He has bad games. I mean, look at Stafford. Stafford's having a terrible time right now. So if you know, criticize quarterbacks all the same, but um. Dak put up 33 points in the end. And, you know, Anthony Brown had four defensive uh, pass interference penalties that cost us. It, uh, yeah, it, I mean, take our friends that take to the hizzy, Justin, good to see you. Um, they were depleted and it's tough to go without your two big wide receivers. Um, Zeke's banged up. Tony Pollard had a great run back for a touchdown. We got back in the game and we got it into overtime. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people miss. People talk about how Greg Zerline missed um, a point after. And that would have won us the game. I'm going to stop you right there because if Greg Zerline hits the point after, we don't go for two to tie the game. We just hit the point after and tie the game. We never really lost a point because we gained it back with the two-point conversion. So... It's hard to say this is on Greg Zerline. Like, yeah, he hasn't been the Greg the leg we've known for many years, but kickers are hard to come by these days, right, Devin? Oh, no, I have Dustin (laughs) Dustin Hopkins to thank for my uh, sorrows not being uh, permanent as a Chargers fan. I think the biggest problem with what the Cowboys saw this Thursday was the fact that your guys' defense finally looked human. Um, Trevon Diggs for the first half of this NFL season was a god, to put it lightly. Um... I, you guys played better than, yeah, as take it to the Hizzy States and that Denver loss. Uh, you guys showed fight, but your defense just didn't keep up. Sadly, it's just the fact of the matter. This Dallas offense has to be perfect, and they were as perfect as they could have been for the most part. Albeit, there was a lot of defensive penalties, which cost you in the end. But Dak had a good game. Uh, Tony Pollard had a pretty good game himself with that return touchdown. 
your, your receiving core is banged up. And whenever Dak doesn't have those guys that can get the separation, it's hard to move the ball and it's hard to score points. The fact that you put up 33 without your two best perimeter uh, options on offense, it's commendable. And your defense has to step up point blank. Hunter Renfro can't have eight catches for 134 yards against you guys. Sean Jackson can't burn us in the first quarter. Exactly. There were a lot of big chunk plays that you guys gave up. Deshaun Jackson averaged 34 yards of reception. That cannot happen. Deshaun Jackson was lucky to get snaps playing for the Rams four weeks ago. Um, (laughs) This Raiders team is good offensively. They've had talent all year. It's just a matter of if they've been able to put it together. And Derek Carr didn't even light the world on fire. It was more so... You know, I don't want to turn this into like, oh, we, you know, we lost to a a dog shit team. We lost to a, you know, team that's put up some really good games this year and have just struggled the past few weeks. I felt like it was a game we still could have won. Going three and out in overtime uh, sucks big time. A defensive PI to set up the game winning field goal sucks big time. It's just, I don't know. We, We'll get to the Giants and Eagles, but we got extremely lucky that the Giants beat the Eagles to kind of keep the Eagles off our tail. Like the Eagles have a cakewalk of a schedule over the next, you know, this week and the next four weeks. They have the Giants and they have a lot of easy games. And we're very lucky that the Giants kind of kept them off our tail for a little bit because after we play the Saints, we get to play our division for the most part outside of the Cardinals. 100%. And I feel like we should be winning most of the time. 100%. I think the biggest thing for you guys is um, if I would have woken up on Thanksgiving Day and said, Dan, Daniel Carlson's going to hit five field goals today, I would have been surprised. Daniel Carlson had a game of a lifetime. The dude hit one from uh, 56 yards out. He had 18 total points in the game. Anytime a kicker kicker for an offense is going to put up so he had put up 18 by himself. Let's see what Greg the leg did in terms of his point output. He had seven. It's hard to make up for that type of a point discrepancy based upon your kickers because touchdowns, they're, they're, they're common in the NFL for the most part. You're going to get at least two to three any given Sunday unless you play like garbage or you're playing a really good defense. Honestly, Daniel Carlson was the difference, and mm-hmm. that's just what it came down to. The Raiders played the field extremely well in terms of positioning. They didn't score the most touchdowns in the game, but they put their guy in position to win them the game, and it came down to Carlson's leg. And it's just you, you can't keep games this close with teams that are this good that have players like Carlson who are that accurate. Because, yeah, Greg's had a cannon for a leg for God knows how long. But as we've seen this year, he's not always the most accurate. And, yes, the missed extra point doesn't kill you, but it, it's more the principle of the miss than the miss itself. Yeah, uh, 100%. It's. It was the penalty's got to stop, man. It, it's just that's the biggest thing that the team can fix. You can't fix Amari and CD being out. Amari's going to be back against the Saints. I'm pretty sure CD will. And mm-hmm. but that doesn't fix penalties. That doesn't fix Anthony Brown. That doesn't, you know, fix holding uh, a lot. It A lot of penalties killed a lot of drives and a lot of drives that we should have scored. We literally had a touchdown to Schultz nullified because of holding. We lost mm. like a touchdown, maybe two to penalties where we wouldn't have had to gone into overtime. It It's just as simple as that. I'm pretty sure we kicked a field goal to tie the game. And then, you know, because 
we didn't get that touchdown on Schultz. We ended up having to kick the field goal. It, yeah. It's the little things like that that really matter in the end. I mean, I don't love Mike McCarthy, but he said it best. It's like, there's 28 penalties in the game. What do you want me to say? It's yeah. a discipline problem. So we, I'm hoping we can get back. We, you know, it's, we're going to have a third game in 12 days. It's a tough stretch to get through losing two of them so far. So we're going to have to bounce back against the Saints. We, we just don't have a choice. We have to. So speaking of the Saints, they got their heads kicked in. Man, this defense has been busting their ass the last like three weeks to even make this team competitive. Yeah, the Bills are a better team. The Bills went out there and produced, but this is more of an indictment on the Saints offense than the Saints defense. This was bound to happen with how they were having to play over the last stretch of games. They're tired. They're a veteran unit, but like I've said throughout the entirety of this podcast, defenses bend, and if they bend too often and too frequently, they are going to break, and this is just the amalgamation of all of that. And until the Saints can field a competent offense that can move the ball downfield and score more than two field goals in the game, they're not going to amount to much for the rest of the season, at least in terms of winning football games. When you're throwing Trevor Simeon out at quarterback, what do you expect? You know, I get it. They lost Jameis Winston. They lost their big play guy. It sucks. Um, but now that we – I do know this now. I know Taysom Hill's taking quarterback one – reps this week so it looks like Taysom Hill will start against the Cowboys which I felt like probably should have happened sooner at this point you pay him quarterback money to not even be a quarterback most of the time but you have the packages for him to run around to split out wide to do this to do that it's a little tough without Kamara they've been without Kamara for three weeks I wouldn't doubt Kamara is going to be out again on a short week if he was out on Thursday yeah I guess it's not a short week for them but I wouldn't surprise me if they're out Kamara again. They might be without Ingram. They're they're beaten to hell, and they'll have to go up against one of the best offenses in the league. They already had to go up against one of the best ones in Josh Allen, and he threw four touchdowns on him, 260 yards. I mean, even Devin Singletary got 44 yards rushing. So when you allow almost 50 yards to a Bills running back, there's a problem. Just saying. But yeah, it... The Saints are in a down spiral because they just they lost their quarterback. They lost their running back. Um, Michael Thomas not coming back, if ever. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, this was a tough game, but the Bills need this bounce back after losing to uh, after getting their heads kicked in by the Colts. Yeah, 100 um, percent. What's up? <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of getting their heads kicked in. Go ahead. There's not much else. The Steelers got their heads kicked in. Firstly, I wouldn't even say that their heads were kicked in. Um, you know the uh, scene in Game of Thrones whenever, uh, you know, good old Ned Stark is just, you know, just chopped off. That that was the equivalent of what this game was. Big, Big Ben was proverbially treated like old Geller on this Sunday. It was ugly. It was not fun to watch. I hate the Steelers, and I'm not the biggest fan of Big Ben, but this game was over before it started. Um, Joe Mixon is that guy. Blessed us who forgot. Joe Mixon is a top 10 running back in the league, and he is going to be damn sure that you know of this as fact. Um, 
I don't know. The podcast what was going got on. one share of Joe Mixon this year in fantasy leagues, and we are loving it. I got him in my league where CMC is now on the IR. Same with Michael Carter. So I don't know what I'm going to do at running back. But Joe Mixon is that dude. Joe Burrow had arguably one of the best games of his career so far in terms of total team performance. T. Higgins finally had the breakout. He broke out last, last year, yes. But in terms of fantasy points and perspective, Jamar Chase has been the guy for this offense through the air. T. Higgins said, hold my beer. It's time for me to shine. And boy, did he. The Steelers defense was down uh, one of their top corners. Fitzpatrick was back. He had a pick. But unless the Steelers can get a better quarterback in here, they're going to be bad for the foreseeable future because they play in one of the toughest divisions, toughest divisions in football. And their offensive pieces are good, but their offensive line isn't strong enough to support Najee Harris on its own. And the receivers need somebody to throw them the ball down the field because Chase Claypool is not some in and out specialist. He's not Cole Beasley. You're not going to hit him in the seams or in the slot. You have a lot of guys in like Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth that realistically are red zone threats or deep threats that you should be able to stretch the field with. But with Bennett quarterback, it's just not going to work. I, yeah, I love I love the offensive weapons that they have. Najee, I love Pat Fryermuth. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, Dante, Deontay Johnson. Underrated receivers in the league. Deontay's so good. Despite the issues that he had last season, Juju, Juju is still a good player. Yeah, he's out this year, but he's still a good player. He chose to come back to Pittsburgh to try and prove himself. Unfortunately for him, he got injured. Chase Claypool's a stud, but we've talked about this multiple times. The Steelers in, you know, in our lifetimes and our, you know, 20 somewhat years of living, I've been a defensive team. We the steel curtain, this and that, you know, they've destroyed offenses, but what happens to that team when that part of the team doesn't work, they aren't built for that to happen. The second they fall behind Ben Roethlisberger's not going to lead a big comeback for them he can't it that's his prime's over he's he's 38 39 at this point he's taken a beating he's played a lot of games his arm doesn't go as much as it used to the team the team's not built to come back anymore they're built to keep a low scoring game to do what they did against the bills in week one they, they only gave up, what, 14 points, 20 points to the Bills, and they held the Bills down just enough for Ben to put a game-winning drive together because yep. Ben could only put up 20 points in four quarters. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is now. So when their defense fails them like it did, when Joe Mixon absolutely annihilates them on the ground, what are you going to do? You're at 5-5-1. Five, five and one. You've had to tie with the Lions. I uh, Let's see who they play next week. Uh, they play the Ravens. It's not a good matchup for them at all. Yeah, the Steelers got punched in the mouth, and instead of being able to take two steps backwards and stagger themselves, right behind them is Baltimore just ready to kick their shit in. It's it's a really bad situation for the Steelers to be in. Baltimore is a very hot team that can be taken advantage of if given the proper circumstance, but I just don't see how it's going to get better for Pittsburgh before it eventually hits rock bottom because this is the end of the era that we have come to know for them. They are proverbially, they're they're cooked. If I was giving Cam Newton so much shit last year, stick a fork in Ben, dude. He's been done, and I've been saying Ben's been done. But this was was what 
I would say was the turning point because everybody's saying it now. Everybody can see it. It's it's time for a change. And we've talked about this with all the teams that have quarterback question right quarterback question marks right now. When's the answer going to come? It's probably not coming this draft. There's not a whole lot coming coming on the horizon. So unless they think they can turn Dwayne Haskins around, they already know Mason Rudolph is not going to get them anywhere. So I I don't know. Maybe they're banking on Dwayne Haskins. Who knows? I would I can trust Mike Tomlin to a point to maybe turn somebody around. He's a great head coach, but only time will tell. Speaking of time, actually, I don't know where I'm going with that. Cam Cam did not look good. At, I at told all. you this last year. I have no ill will towards Cameron Newton or anybody in his camp. But I think he you was do. Done la- he was done last year, and yes, it's a great story. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Carolina. But it's like sticking it's like sticking a band aid on the the uh. It's like I. It's like putting flex tape on the Titanic. It might look good and work for a couple weeks, maybe even 10 minutes, but it's not going to hold for long. And this Miami defense has been hot. They've been opportunistic and they took advantage of Cam Newton. I mean, they took this man's lunch money. You know what? They took the soul of Carolina at this point, free DJ Moore because Christian McCaffrey's not free. That dude's in a walking boot for the rest of the year. Carolina's season is done. And how's it going to get better they traded away picks to get sam darnold he's on ir he he's not going to play for them again this year because apparently he's hurt somehow apparently during the game they couldn't give any information as to what happened to christian mccaffrey you're sitting here texting me oh yeah he, he you know he's going to come back into the game he came back in he always oh, out but you know it's nothing crazy he rolled his ankle in a walking boot no other information boom he's on ir out for the year yeah that carolina was wild. They're proving week in and week out to be an incompetent franchise. Matt Rule needs to be held accountable. I don't care. If you're not with your top payroll option at at running back, you are responsible for the product that you put out. And if you can't game plan with Sam Darnold, obviously the quarterbacks aren't working, but they didn't work last year. Um, Yes, McCaffrey was out. Figure it out some other way. Because if, say, you work in a food service job, people call out for a shift. And you got to figure it out there. There's, there's certain things that the person in charge is responsible for. And I think Matt rules gotten the pass a little too long. I'm not saying fire the guy, but at some point hold him accountable because we're coming for the heads of guys like uh, Joe judge and countless other young coaches. But Matt rule seems to have gotten this pass because he has this pedigree or something, or because he hasn't had McCaffrey. I don't care. You're not winning games, especially ones that you should be able to win, even without McCaffrey. And so, I don't know. I've just had enough with this Carolina team. They suck. They're going to continue to suck. And until McCaffrey can play 16 games, I don't care about him. Yeah, I I watched the game for a lot of fantasy you know, purposes. And I just like watching the Panthers play, you know, cam CMC's back. Like it, it's a good time. It, it's a good game to watch. And the Miami dolphins have been opportunistic over the past couple of weeks and they've played beyond what we thought they would after starting one in seven, they're kind of going back to last year's form. They just started way too slow. Um, CMC apparently rolls his ankle at some point comes out in the second half once. And like, I'm watching, I'm like, I need these receptions. 
Give me some CMC receptions. Let's go. You guys got to put points on the board. You got to get the ball to your best player. Then he goes back out. It's, you know, oh, they're taping it up. They're doing this. They're doing that. We're watching Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah run the ball. And then you watch Cam get benched from, uh, for PJ Walker. They traded for CJ Henderson, Stefan Gilmore, Sam Darnold. They thought they were ready, and apparently they're not. They're not at all. The one thing that I can say positively about this matchup is the Dolphins looked really good. Shout out yep. Philip Lindsay. I'm happy you're freed from the purgatory that is Houston. <laughs> uh, James Harden got out. Deshaun's trying to get out. You're finally out. You're free, Philip. I don't know why the Broncos didn't even try to bring you back, but I'm happy to see him landing somewhere where he's going to get some usage. Um, Tua looked good. Tua played well. He went 27 for 31, 230 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. I continue to be surprised at how negative people are towards Tua. Um, Jalen Waddell, again, being arguably the best receiver out of this draft class besides Jamar Chase, nine receptions, 137 yards, and a score. Uh, this Dolphins team, while they are flawed and defensively, they kind of can get into moments where you, you're sitting there thinking, how are they in the NFL? They're putting together a stretch of football that I can say I respect downright. I'm more I'm more so proud of the Miami Dolphins. I was very low on them for a good chunk of this year, but they are actually turning it around. And Brian Flores, while. I think I think this is. So look at Matt Rule, look at Brian Flores in terms of how their seasons have gone. Matt Rule had the softest schedule in the NFL, weeks one through three, came out 3-0, and was on top of the world. So they made all these moves to win the division. I don't get what their front office was thinking. You look at the strength of schedule, you got to understand that, you know, the harder part's going to come, and you probably don't want to put all your chips into this basket. But the Dolphins and Flores kind of stand, they stood pat. They, uh... Tua went down. They lost a good chunk of games, but since he's come back, they've been able to be competitive. And what, 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 while so you have Carolina where their guy goes down and now they're just a, they're a shell of themselves. And I think you got to look at the head coach because these dudes play for the head coach. And if the head coach loses the locker room, there's no point in even showing up on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays because if you lose the locker room, there's there, there's no point. Like you said before, there's there's no point for CMC. We, we we had a little discussion before the pod, and I was just going off about like what's the point. Well, this is the point. It's their jobs. But yeah, I'm super low on Carolina rest of season. If I pick them again, Austin, just slap me across the face because okay, fool me once, that. shame on me. They fooled us so many times. I'm 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 about ready to just email their uh, head of just public relations. No, oh no, don't do that. No emails. Oh, sorry, sorry. No I will. Uh, I will send them a carrier pigeon with a strongly worded uh, telegram. There we go. Beep 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 beep. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought the play calling was really poor for the Panthers too. Um, I don't know when CMC rolled his ankle, but he was almost never out there in uh, as a receiver. Well, being looked at as a receiver in the first half. Um, I don't know if that was because of his ankle, but it just seems like, I, I, I don't know, but I'll give credit to, uh, Miami. They play a ton of man defense that usually should leave cam to run and they didn't let him run at all. They sacked him a couple times. Uh, they played really well. Do you, we are what five games left in the season week, 12 mm-hmm. week, 13, whatever it is. Yeah. Week 13. 
Yeah, we're going to week 13. You think Miami can make the playoffs? With how the AFC has been playing, if their schedule is advantageous, I don't think – I think they have an outside shot, but I think they have a better chance than – after what the Colts did this week, I think they have the same odds as the Colts. They, they're in the same boat as Cleveland, Indianapolis, and themselves because the Bills and the Pats are pretty much solidified. The Chiefs are probably going to make it because they're a division winner. Um, Baltimore is probably going to take it. Baltimore and Cincy are two teams. Pats and uh, Bills are two teams. Then you have the Chiefs and the Titans. But then after that, that's, what, five teams? So you have two more slots? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they snuck in as a seventh they seed. Could, they, they, they're just as prepared as they were last year. And I think they're in a more advantageous situation this year because Tua is their guy, as opposed to mm-hmm. break glass in case necessary with Ryan Fitzpatrick turning into right. the uh, backup god that he was last year. Okay, another five and seven team. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New York Giants seven to three. Jalen Hurts fourteen for thirty-one, one twenty-nine, no touchdowns and three interceptions. He had eight carries for seventy-seven yards. Boston Scott fifteen carries, sixty-four yards and a touchdown. They made Jalen Hurts throw the ball, and right now he can't throw the ball. It. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and bash Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, because of the whole bench Jalen last year, the Giants came to play. You you come to play every single game, regardless of who you're playing. Do you play a little harder in divisional games? Maybe, but you need to play hard 17 games out of the year. doesn't matter who you play. You don't go out there to lose, plain and simple. But Jalen Hurts looks really bad. Um Jalen Rager had two massive drops for touchdowns that probably would have ended the game for the Eagles. Like I said, this was a massive win for Cowboys fans to pull the Eagles off our back a little bit as Eagles were starting to creep up a little bit with their kind of cakewalk schedule. Miami's starting to win more. Their pick is getting a little worse. They might have a top 10 pick or two, but... What Jalen Hurts has to be the guy, right? You, you can't shy away from him at this point. They're better off embracing Jalen Hurts at this point as opposed to shunning him. Like I, I just don't see anybody else in the upcoming draft or even next year's at the spot they're going to pick where you, the thing with the Eagles is they have so many issues right now that replacing the quarterback doesn't make you a playoff team keeping Jalen Hurts and improving around him possibly pushes you to the point where you could maybe make the playoffs in the next two to three years. But just saying, well, Jalen Hurts throws interceptions and he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world. Let's get a new guy. Congrats. You're going to be flung into a situation where you have a guy like Daniel Jones or you have Sam Darnold. Everybody wants it all, but they don't take the time to actually feed out the process. I think Dallas did it incredibly. Dallas was very fortunate. They got Tony Romo for literally nothing. He was undrafted, right? Undrafted quarterback, so. Tony Romo, they got him for nothing draft capital-wise. And as he aged, they added key pieces in the line, defense, skill positions over time. And then they took we their quarterback. four first-round picks on linemen. On linemen. Exactly. And after that, DeMarco Murray was a was insane. He was able to run behind the line. Tony Romo had time to throw. We became a playoff team because we protected the weapons. 
Exactly. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts will be a Tony Romo-esque quarterback, but you're better off with a guy like him as opposed to just cycling out the same rookie quarterback every three years and not improving elsewhere. You're better off building the bones. You're better off building the frame of a house and then putting everything else in as opposed to putting everything else in and trying to build the house around it. Makes no sense. All right. Um, The Patriots beat the Tennessee Titans 36-13. The Titans were without Derrick Henry, Jeremy McNichols, A.J. Brown, Adrian Julio, Peterson. Adrian Peterson. They cut him. <laughs> Julio Jones. Johnu Smith. What? Johnu Smith. <laughs> Chris Corey Johnson. Davis. Marcus Mariota. Javon Curse. You name it. They didn't have Jeff him. Fisher. Oh, man. Vince Young, he didn't show up. It's rough out here for the Titans. Yeah, it. they are limping. They might limp across the finish line with an AFC South title. They swept the, they swept the Colts, so that's basically an extra game when you tie with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts just lost to the Bucks, so I believe the Colts are now. We'll get to that game pretty soon, but let's see. Just a quick check. Colts are at 6-6. Six and six. Titans are it's at 8-4. Two game ba- lead with five three. to go. Three Basically game lead three. with five to go. This is it will take a implosion of comic proportions for the Titans to not win this division. And the Colts did it yeah. to themselves wholeheartedly. Yeah, the Colts had a tough schedule early, wasn't able to persevere through it. Um, they played a great game against the Bucks, but the Patriots are on a roll. Patriots are eight and four. Their defense looks really good. Nick Folk is going to win you your fantasy league. Um, Mac Jones threw for 310 yards and two touchdowns, playing very conservative ball. Didn't turn the ball over, I believe. Uh, the, pa- the Patriots went through a long, intense, hard year without, without a quarterback, and now they're back. Yeah, Bill Belichick got really pissed off and had a lot of repressed rage over last year, having to start, who the hell was it? Jarrett Stidham and Cam Newton all year. Yeah, Bill was pissed, and he's taking out all of his uh, bent-up frustration on the team formerly known as the Tennessee Titans. They're now known as uh, Tennessee Medical Department because everyone's on IR. Um, I don't know what else, I don't know what else we expected. Um, Tannehill didn't throw four picks, so that's great. Didn't throw for, for over 100 yards, less than ideal. Nick Westbrook caught a, a touchdown. Thank God I started him in fantasy because, you know, A.J. Brown's just sitting on the IR. But he's fighting I for mean, his he's life. Ball to Nick Westbrook, Cody Hollister, Des Fitzpatrick, Michael Pruitt, Pruitt Jeff yeah. Swain, Anthony Furster. Furster's the only name on that roster that you would think about going into this season because John U. Smith left. Everybody yep. else is like people that were either third, fourth stringers or guys they picked up off the street. Um, a, a big game from Dontrell Hilliard and Donta Foreman. They both ran for over 100 yards, but it just didn't matter because they couldn't find the end zone. Whenever you are throwing to guys that nobody's heard of, it's hard to demand attention on the outside. And they're not consist- consistently bringing down balls. Not a single receiver for Tennessee brought down more than two receptions in this game. So it's not Tannehill's fault. It's not even Vrabel's fault. It's just this is a very unfortunate situation. And while, yes, the Ravens have dealt with some serious injury luck all year, they're lucky it's basically been one position group and running back. 
They still have Hollywood Brown. Bateman's come back. Watkins is healthy. Mark Andrews is still there. And Lamar is Lamar. Ryan Tannehill is a slightly above average quarterback that can play a hyper-efficient style of football when given the right circumstances. But whenever you don't give this guy the keys to a McLaren, he's going to be doing 25 in a school zone, driving his Toyota Camry. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. He's not built to be the focal point of an offense. And until yep. Tennessee can get their pieces back, they are going to be limping forward and praying to God that the Colts don't just catch fire. Yeah, it, it, it's as simple as that. Um, the Titans, I believe they're on a bye next week, so... That's cool, I guess. They get to get to rest late in the season. Um, while the Colts, I believe, they play the Texans, so it looks like the Colts can get that half game. Uh, but we'll see. If, if the Titans can get some pieces back towards the end, then they can limp into the playoffs and hopefully surprise some teams. Maybe Derrick Henry comes back. We'll see. Um, Cordero Patterson's going to win you your fantasy league along with um, Nick Folk. Any other questions? <laughs> Is he a receiver or a running back? I keep According to like ESPN, he's a running receiver. back. ESPN, he's running oh. back. Oh, he's running back. That's right. In Yahoo, he's both. He got drafted as wide receiver in like 2014. It's it's just gross. Give him his wide receiver designation. Oh, yeah. This game was just, you know, um, square trying to fit into the circle slot is the best way to put it. No, neither team looked great. It was 21-14. Uh, the Jags have been through injury hell. Uh, their receiver room has been just shot with a 12-gauge shotgun to the back of their head. They lost DJ Chark earlier in the year. Jamal Agnew, one of the uh, bright spots in terms of surprises for them, done for the year. They still haven't figured out how to get LaVisca the Chenault the ball in a productive way. And Dan Arnold went down. They're just treading water. Um I, d I don't blame them for it. Their roster wasn't inspiring before Trevor Lawrence got added, and they haven't done any anything to inspire more uh, faith in them since Trevor Lawrence was added to the roster. It's going to be a down year. Tank, get your pick, move forward, and try and protect the dude. Maybe fire Urban Meyer. Who knows? Flash sale. Get people out of there. The Falcons are bad. Um, I like Arthur Smith, I guess. He seems like a, uh, He seems like a good guy. Matt Ryan's getting to the point where I'm like, damn, I don't think anybody would even want to trade for this guy because a couple of years back, you'd be like, Matt Ryan's still a serviceable NFL quarterback, but it's 2021. And I just don't see where he's a starter. If Atlanta upgrades at their starter position, if Justin Fields got drafted, I think he's starting over Matt Ryan right now. Um, Patterson is a bright spot. Yeah. Patterson's a bright spot. Russell Gage cut a touchdown. I drafted him in one league and dropped him two weeks later. So congrats <laughs> to Russell Gage for uh, paying it off. Mike Davis. Um, he's somewhere in a cemetery for the running back dead zone. Um, yeah. Just uninspiring. Well, you can, it's okay. You'll be able to tell which grave is his. Cause it'll be bigger to fit his quads. So he's got yeah, big quads. It's just, it was a football game. I'll give them that. It was a football game. Arthur Smith has the Falcons at five and six. It's better than like I thought they would be. Like twelve, to be honest. Right? Like the way that the their season's going. Yeah, it just. I it, Smith has done a good job comparably to what Quinn did last year, but I just don't see the upside out of this unit. And then Kyle Pitts is cool, but they're not even utilizing him in a way that I think is beneficial to the team. Yeah, 
I don't, I don't know where they really go from here, to be honest. They're probably going to be bad for a couple of years. There's not really any solution on, like, cool, you're five and six, but once Matt Ryan goes, you're probably going to be even worse. You got you can't throw Josh Rosen in there and expect to be, expect to be successful. It's just not going to happen. I just, I'd much rather be, like, two and ten than five and six. That's yeah, just me. Honestly. Be mediocre and get better. It's way better than just being average and never having the ability to actually upgrade. All right, game of the week for me, the Bucks beating the Colts 38-31. This was a insanely good game. Um, Leonard Fournette scored four touchdowns. Um, who needs playoff Lenny when you have regular season Lenny? This dude rushed for 17, 17 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns, seven catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Fun fact, Leonard Fournette has as many receptions as Austin Eckler. Dude's balling out this year. Gronk, Gronk's back, seven catches for 123 yards. I picked him up randomly in a league to replace Kelsey for the week, and sweet, 123 yards. I'll take it. <laughs> no, I didn't expect this, but I will take it. Jonathan Taylor missed a record by three yards. That is 100 scrimmage yards and a rushing touchdown, and I believe he was going for his ninth straight game with that, and he fell three yeah. yards short of it. My biggest thing about this game is the Colts really didn't use Taylor in his normal facilities for like all of the game until like the last drive in the fourth quarter. And I was like, well, this is what fucking happens whenever you don't give the best player on the field the damn ball. Like they got they they got cute because, yes, in the NFL, you game plan against the team's best tendencies or you game plan for your best tendencies. And sadly for the Colts, their best game revolves through pounding the ball with Jonathan Taylor and the Bucks are best suited to beat you while you're pounding the ball. Um, the Colts, as for all, most of their losses this year, the Bucks didn't beat the Colts. The Colts beat themselves. Naheem Hines muffs that punt. Obviously, it wasn't complete bedrock for them because they only settled for a field goal for the Bucks. But two picks in the second half for Carson Wentz. They got to stop turning the ball over. The Colts should have won this game outright. They had a 10 point lead go, going into the second half and they only fa- they failed to score any points before that last drive with Jonathan Taylor. The Bucks outscored them 24 to 7 in the second half and the Colts literally watched their season die because yes, they can make a wild card berth, but the division is closed. It would take a modern miracle for the Colts to make to make the postseason as the division winner. Because they have dug a hole. To me, what I always look back is Khalil Herbert rushing for 100 yards against Tampa Bay. 18 carries, 100 yards for Khalil Herbert in Tampa Bay um, week seven. I feel like if Khalil Herbert can run, and I'm not bashing Khalil Herbert in any way. I'm not saying the the Browns, the Bears have a terrible offensive line or something like that. But Jonathan Taylor only got 16 carries. In a game you were up by 10 points going into the half and you don't score in the third quarter, I felt like you could have probably gotten more carries to Taylor in the second half. Fuck the record. I don't I don't care that he, you know, didn't get the record, but give the ball to the guy who just dominated one of the best rush defenses a week ago and have him do it again. Carson Wentz cool threw for 300 yards, but that didn't win them the game. No, I, I I agree. My biggest problem is this is a game the Colts should have won. Um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin combined for less than 50 yards on seven catches, and this is while Antonio Brown is out. 
and everyone's complaint with Brady so far was how many weapons does he need? Because, you know, Antonio Brown went down, Gronkowski went down. He had a little bit of a stretch where he wasn't playing to full capacity, but he proved it. Granted, Leonard Fournette proved it as well, but for the Colts, once again, it's a game they really should have won and they really needed to win that they just couldn't pull out. Yeah, it at this point in the season, they need to get close to winning every game. They hung with one of the best teams in the league, but I felt like this it was their game to lose at one point, and they did lose it. Uh, the Jets beat the Texans 21-14. Uh, Zach Wilson threw for 145 yards. Um, um, he ran for a touchdown. He did? Oh, he did. I didn't even know that. There you go. Yeah, Zach Wilson's Zach. back. It's Zach Wilson's season. Woo. This game was a game, man. I, yeah. I know I ragged on I know I ragged on the Bears versus the uh versus the uh Lions, but at least Dan Campbell's over on the sideline caffeinated as shit. Texans Jets is like taking a, a NyQuil at 2 p.m. It's just it's not a good time. Um, congrats to Zach Wilson for hitting the field again. Tyrod Taylor keeps turning the ball over. Uh, David Johnson and Rex Burkhead are getting a uh, lion's share of carries, which shouldn't happen in 2021. Brandon Cooks had three receptions, which I was surprised by. Um, these are just two bad teams. Nobody really wanted to win this game. And I think the Texans are better off losing it. So congratulations to their front office for making sure that their team didn't beat a worse team. Honestly, the, the best thing I get out of this is that you hired a defensive coach and Robert Sala and the defense played very well that day. I don't care what the offense looks like that they played against the, the, the defense in the end played well. And that's an improvement for the Jets. They're at three wins. That's an improvement. You got to yeah. start somewhere. All right, Devin. Okay. Tell me about it. Okay, let's let's just pull up the box score. I didn't watch any of this game because, you know, <laughs> uh, living in California, they don't broadcast Chargers games for whatever reason, and I'm not going to pay for Sunday ticket because that's expensive. We suck. We're terrible. Um, Justin Herbert is a generational talent at quarterback, but Joe Lombardi can't get his head out of his ass. Our defense can't stop anybody that's running, rushing the ball. And just to, point it, just to put it point blank, we're snakebitten. We suck. We are... The Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego, but also Dean Spanos has, uh, he's alienated our entire fan base, moving the team from San Diego to LA. Um, he's fucked over everybody in the process. This is a team without a heart and it really, it really sucks because I've been rooting for this team since I was a child, since Danian Tomlinson was taking carries, Antonio Gates was the best tight end in football, all the bullshit, Phillip Rivers, bolt gang or don't bang bolt up it's it's in my blood but it's just so frustrating that every year it's the same shit this team on paper is as talented as damn near any other team in the afc we just never put it together and herbert keeps throwing picks and yes we could lump that onto him he's young and this offense is just dysfunctional that's the best way to put it it's like one step forward and two steps back i'm not singing that out loud because we get copyright struck but that's the point of this Chargers team. We will look exceptional one week and look like shit the next week. And I can't explain it. 
I like Brandon Staley. Lombardi's been good in certain aspects of this offense. We just need to figure out how to stop people from running up the gut. Until we can stop a team's rushing attack, we are going to be a middle-of-the-pack team at best and praying to God that we can make the playoffs for the next four years. Because if we keep this up, and this is the consistent thing, in Herbert's tenure, he is going to leave. And if Herbert leaves, I don't know what what's making any Chargers fans stay. Because we 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 wasted Phillip's career, we let Ladanian Tomlinson walk. We let Philip walk for Christ's sake. It's there's only so many things you can forgive until it's too much. And if we waste the career of Justin Herbert, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because at least for Austin's team, the Cowboys, they are in the playoffs once every four years. You have Super Bowls to lean on, and the team's going to spend money. The team's going to give a shit. Whenever I look at Jerry Jones, I understand that he knows football and he cares about football. I don't know what Dean Spanos is thinking half the time. And honestly, I don't care. And for Tom Telesco, he's lucked out with some of these draft picks that he's been able to acquire over the last five years. Because, yes, he has drafted well and getting guys like Herbert, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, to name a few. But it's not just the drafts, and we need to figure out how we can add capable pieces through waivers or trades or free agents because we have the core to go far, but everything else around us just isn't working. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shout I out Drew those... Locke real quick. Shout out Drew Locke for throwing that pick so Derwin James could get a highlight. I rest my case. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I watched most of this game. Um, you can account six points to a random Hail Mary to Jared Cook. Um, Herbert throws for 300 yards, but those two picks hurt really bad. One was a pick six to Sertan. Um, Sertan looks really good. I really Slide. like Patrick Sertan a lot. Real big. Sad, sad he's not a cowboy, but Parsons is Parsons is a monster too, so I can't complain. But Broncos got a really good cornerback in Patrick Sertan. Um Teddy played this game a little hurt, um, but once again, Teddy's conservative, doesn't turn the ball over. 11 for 18, 129 yards and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon, 17 carries, 83 yards. Javante Williams, 14 carries, 54 yards. Um, you know, kind of something interesting about this game is you guys won time of possession. You guys yep. basically split it down the middle. You won by, you know, 50, 46 seconds. But you would never know. Um we just made mistakes. We 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 had more yards. They killed us on the ground, which is every week now. We're yeah. putting Herbert in a very difficult position week in and week out. It's just the way that it is because we're either playing from behind or playing to keep pace basically every week. And then Cleveland was the ultimate example. Whenever it pans out, it's exciting as hell and it's fun to watch. But it's a second-year quarterback in a brand-new offense. It's hard to ask somebody to do that to do that week in and week out especially whenever the defense doesn't do many favors. I do th yeah. I do think one thing about this Broncos unit, they are underrated to a certain degree. They had a very soft schedule to start the year, whereas the Chargers had a very tough schedule to start the year. And I hoped that the Chargers could, you know, keep up their play as the teams got worse, but it seems they've just not been able to do that. But if the Broncos can figure out their quarterback in the next year or so, this team could be real dangerous. Because, yes, Vaughn Miller's no longer on the team, but they still got guys like Bradley Chubb out there. And this secondary is still legit. Uh, Sertan is going to prove to be arguably the best corner out of that draft. 
He is yep. he's got the intangibles, the frame, and the skill to do all of it. And then they just inked Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. So they're committing to this offense. It's just going to be a matter of if they if they find that signal caller. And if they do, this team has the tools. So for the Chargers' sake, hopefully they don't get anybody relatively soon. Yeah, and I think the tough thing for the Chargers, too, we'll, we'll wrap with this. And it's just like, you go and, you know, I know this game was in Denver, but you kind of talked about it. You know, you kind of fucked over everybody with the move. You go to SoFi Stadium, you don't play a home game. You don't Not the Chargers better. don't get home games. This is this is where this joke comes from of, you know, oh, you know, all five Chargers fans. It's they don't show up to the games. It it's more the other color than it is a bolt up gold or white and gold, whatever, you know, you're wearing that day. It, it, and it's hard. It that's yeah. that's shitty. It's shitty. It's gotten um, better since we've moved out of that uh, soccer stadium in Inglewood, but it's it, it's still a problem for sure. I check all the Twitter posts half the time, and it's just like, well, what was the actual split? Because at the Raiders game on Monday night, it was more of like a 55-45, which is better than, say, two years ago whenever Pittsburgh came in and just raided our stadium for a 70-30 split. But it, it's still a problem for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of problems, Mike Zimmer still has a job, so it's a problem. Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't know what a center is. Kirk Cousins doesn't know what a center is. Dalvin Cook went down. Um, Adam Thielen is still that red zone guy. It's the Vikings lose this 34 26. Um, Elijah once Mitchell, a... dude. Elijah Mitchell's a beast. Debo Samuel. Six carries, six six yards, two touchdowns. They even have and a, a groin injury, and a groin injury, and a groin so. injury. There you go. Had one pretty catch typical from Debo, unfortunately. Damn, I I'm not gonna kick him while he's down, but you know I'm, I mean, I'm not up. I'm not kicking him while he's down, but that's the that's the struggle he's had over the past couple of years yeah. is the groin issues, and now they're running him at running back, so he's kind of running a little bit harder than you would at wide receiver because you basically go from stop, go, and then you're meeting people. Two yards later, you're not running routes. You're trying to run through people. Yeah. Um, Shout it's out. It's kind of interesting Knight. how they moved him. Like, that. yeah, I, I like the Debo running back stuff, to be honest. I think it's something valuable because the Niners looked terrible before they were actually trying to feature Debo like that. And now that they've been featuring Debo in a expanded role, albeit as a running back, it's look at Cordell Patterson. I'm not saying Debo is a running back, but you get the ball into the hands of your playmakers, point blank. I don't care if it's on a jet sweep, a handoff, a pass. Your best players will make things happen, and Debo's been proving that all year. Speaking of proving it, I think Brandon Ayuk is finally out of the doghouse. That guy had a day. Yes. Three catches and 91 yards. I will take it. Hats off to so that's Brandon. That's a day for him. Looked real bad for a while. I drafted him in yeah. a couple leagues. I, you know... These things happen, but Brandon is figuring it out. Um, George Kittle, don't draft tight end in the third round in a fantasy draft. Just don't. It's not going to help you. But congrats to the Niners for beating a team in the Vikings that I think has been overrated all year. They beat themselves far more than they lose to anybody else. But yeah, fire Mike Zimmer and Kirk. You better count all that guaranteed money you got because I don't know what else is going to be coming towards you. Yeah, the thing for me with Kirk was I was watching the game um, at my sister-in-law's place um because her husband's a 49er fan and kirk was missing a lot of throws towards the end to, to jefferson and it, it 
Kirk has the moments where he's clutch. Like I can't take that away from him that he, you know, he's a top half quarterback. He's probably in the top 15, probably towards the back of it, but he's in the top 15. Yeah. I would, I would say, I think I'm not listing all 32 right now, but I guess top 16 would be the top half, but still, um, they gave him all the money. They have the wide receivers to do it. Losing Dalvin cook sucks. Um, Kirk basically put up 20 points. Um, I won't give him six because of a kickoff return. (sighs) I think the changes have to start at the front office at this point. Fire Mike Zimmer, get somebody new. Somebody's got to change something. Whatever they're doing, it's not right. I, I, I don't care if they have lost on final plays X amount of times. A loss is a loss, and it goes on your record, and that's the problem. The easiest way to put this is the Vikings have found themselves in the same situation the Bengals were in a good four or five years ago whenever they had Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, whoever the hell is running the ball, and I forget the name of the head coach, but they just couldn't seem to fire him. But it never got better, and that's where this has turned with the Vikings. It's not their fault that their divisions had the Packers in it, but it's their fault because they haven't made any changes to try and usurp the Packers because at this point, Green Bay is not looking back. And speaking of Green Bay, that leads us to the next game, Austin. The Rams have lost three in a row. They lose to the Green Bay Packers 36-28. Another pick six for Matt Stafford. 21 for 38, 302 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, 28 for 45, 307, two touchdowns, including a rushing touchdown. Um... I still think the Rams will make the playoffs, whether it be the five or six seed, but mm-hmm. something's got to, they, they do get to play the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. So if you can't get right at that game, I don't know when you will get right. You yeah. have done everything in your power to put the correct product on the field to go all the way to the top. You have replaced your quarterback who you thought was the problem. You have a decent running game with Daryl Henderson and uh, Sony Michelle. You have Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, who is on a tear still. Um, you lost Robert Woods, but you still have Tyler Higby, who's a pretty good receiving tight end. Um, Van Jefferson had a long touchdown yesterday. The defense has Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and other good names on it. I don't know what else has to happen for them to be successful. They they've got they got their heads kicked in by the Niners, which is pretty typical over the last couple of years. Who'd they lose to before that? Um, they lost to the Titans on Sunday Night Football. Stafford looked really bad those two games. He tried to correct it here, looked a little bit better, but just wasn't enough because the defense couldn't really keep him in the game. They put up 11 in the fourth quarter while the Packers put up zero, but it still wasn't enough. The Packers are good, man. Um, Jerry Alexander yeah. went down, and I got really scared for their defense. And they're doing all of this without David Bakhtiari playing snaps. He's still hurt. He still hasn't come back. The Packers are the real deal. Um, for every time that we've looked at this roster and looked at Matt LaFleur as a head coach and thought, when is it going to end? Because, you know, the whole last dance uh tweet that Aaron Rodgers had of the Instagram story that he and Devontae Adams shared it, it looked like a joke after week one but I think Green Bay took that loss seriously and they took it personally um Aaron Rodgers is a man possessed right now um 
regardless of how you feel about his vaccination status, the man is playing some of the best football this season compared to other quarterbacks. With um, only Eric, nine toes. Yeah, with only nine toes. And then you've got A.J. Dillon, who is emerging as a formidable running back in the NFL, whether he's behind Aaron Jones or getting a majority of the snaps. Aaron Jones is back healthy now. Randall Cobb caught a touchdown. It's like throwback Thursday out here. And Devontae Adams is still that guy. Yep. Um, I have to see it to believe it in the playoffs because Green Bay has let me down two years straight. But they're the class of the NFC right now until proven otherwise. Aaron Rodgers is able to gut out these wins. And people always complained about Stafford for not being a winner out in Detroit. He has all the bells and whistles now for the Rams. And whenever he's playing Aaron Rodgers, it just doesn't matter. And yes, I think a big thing with this matchup is looking at the construction of both of these teams. Green Bay is a unit that has been built over the course of the last five, six years. This, this has been a long time coming of just rehashing the same bones that have always worked in Aaron Rodgers, having a running back, basically rejuvenating the receiver, whether it be Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, now Devontae Adams. The Rams are being held together with like, fresh like epoxy this team has been put together honestly over the last two seasons cooper cup has been there for the longest they drafted henderson sony michelle was brought in by trade this is a team it's not the island of misfit toys it's the island of amazon returns essentially because they are still high value items but they've been together for a very short period of time and that's where the rams are kind of being stifled because they're a great team on paper, and they're a great team in terms of application as a football team, but they just aren't able to get past these teams that have been together for years plus. Yeah, I, the Packers are, I believe, number two seed now. Um, behind the Cardinals, yes. Behind the Cardinals. So they're they're right there at the Cardinals who have been limping without Kyler Murray, but um, Kyler Murray should be back this week. We'll see about Aaron Rodgers if he gets surgery on his toe and misses a game or two. Um, I think they're on a bye this coming week, so maybe maybe he does get surgery and doesn't need. I mean, he's playing through probably a ton of pain. He says it's worse than turf, turf toe, yeah. so we'll see. All right, last game before the predictions. Lamar threw four picks and didn't matter. Look, they made Baker throw the ball, and Baker can't throw the ball. It's, it wasn't Odell. Odell was the dude was 18 for 37. 18 for 37. It's under 50% for those who can't do math. Um do, you do math for football. Sometimes. Um <laughs> I find it funny how I heard Chris Collinsworth talk about if the Browns don't win this game, it's because they couldn't run the ball. Look, I get it. They have Kareem Hunt, probably who was on a pitch count. They had Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt went seven carries for 20 yards. Nick Chubb went eight carries for 16 yards. Baker at that point has to throw the ball, and most people know that right now Baker can't throw the ball. The Browns are in I, trouble. They suck. They're not good. Um, I think the problem the Browns had this week is they got cute. Indianapolis got cute for three quarters, and it cost them in the fourth quarter. The Browns just tried to get cute for the entire game, and they never actually gave Chubb the keys. I think Nick Chubb is just, just as capable of Jonathan Taylor to rush for over 80 yards against any defense. You just have to give him the opportunity. Nick Chubb is one of the best pure runners in football, bar none. It was a bad game plan. Um, it's bad roster construction in terms of 
who he's throwing the ball to, who he is as a quarterback. Um, this team was brought together. They basically drafted Baker Mayfield off of a whim post Heisman season, sat him behind, behind Tyrod Taylor. Taylor gets hurt. Baker Mayfield wins some games and the Browns say, holy shit, we haven't done this in three years. This is nice. And they gave him the keys and they've crafted a team around him that doesn't serve his strengths. It has strengths to it, but they're not serving Baker Mayfield in any way. The Ravens are the complete opposite of the Cleveland Browns. And yes, the Ravens have had success over the last two decades, but that's not the point. Whenever the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, they made a concerted effort to build a team around the strengths of Lamar Jackson, not build a team based upon talents that you can put around Lamar Jackson. Because this Browns team on paper is better than the Ravens in terms of talent for talent, offense, defense, especially the offensive side. And I won't say the defensive side because the Ravens have some dogs out there on defense. But for what the Ravens get out of their players and compliment to Lamar Jackson, it is tenfold more than what the Browns are ever going to get out of this unit. Because yes, Nick Chubb is a top five running back in football when healthy, but they have a great offensive line, but it, it, none of it, none of it makes sense with Baker. He's not going to be a vertical passing threat. He's not accurate enough to be the guy that's going to sling a a, a rocket on a slant. They're caught in no man's land because that's what Cleveland is. They lucked into a great roster and they fucked up the quarterback. And now they're paying for it because out of all the positions you can get wrong in football and still win games, you can't get quarterback wrong. And not saying the 2018, it was it 2019? It was 2018. Not saying the 2018 draft was super killer because, yeah, Sam Donald went right after Baker Mayfield, but hindsight's 2020, and they got at best the third best quarterback out of that crop of players. And if I'm Cleveland, I'm kicking myself. And honestly, if they drafted Lamar, it doesn't matter because Lamar's not going to be Lamar in this Cleveland offense. Mm-hmm. But out of all the quarterbacks that are on the hot seat, I'm cool taking a flyer on one of these rookies compared to Baker Mayfield moving forward because the team is good enough to where if you got a guy that can just move the ball down the field, they should be good enough. And Baker just hasn't proven to be the guy to move that ball, but shout out Lamar Jackson. He continues to do it. Uh, Four picks in one game. Tannehill said, Tannehill said, Hey dude, want to see what the AFC can really do? Lamar said, hold my beer. I'm going to win the game while I do this. It's, the Ravens are persistent as hell and they just figure it out. And that's about it. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Let's get through these week 13 predictions. Then um, Monday night football happens in like 10 minutes. Biggest storyline for me is to see if Russ can bounce back. We can talk about yeah. it next week, but he Russ needs to. to bounce back. It's going to be a shootout in my eyes. I think McLaurin yeah. has a day. I think Metcalf and Lockett have good days. Collins probably rushes a bit. And I think Gibson is probably the X factor that, turns the tide for Washington because Washington has a better defense. Yeah. Chase Young's out, but their secondary has been playing a bit more spirited since he went down and Jamal Adams isn't a safety. He's a nickel <laughs> linebacker that sacks the quarterback. He's good. He, I'm not saying Jamal Adams is bad, but for right. what Seattle needs him to be, it's just not working out. Yeah. All right. I'm a trusty notebook, all the matchups, because half the time on Sunday, we're texting each other saying, who'd we pick again? Happens all the time. <laughs> Got my colored pens so we know who's who. I okay. try and stay organized, people. Don't you dare try to uh, sum- summarize me down to a color. I am offended. No, I'm kidding. I don't give a shit. 
Let's get into it, man. So uh, Saints Cowboys versus Cowboys. Saints. <laughs> Give me the Cowboys. Yeah, it. As I sit here and circle our picks, um, for us, um, how do I say this? Um, we have an advantage now that Mike McCarthy is out, but prayers up to Mike McCarthy. Um, get well soon. COVID yes. is no joke. Um, I know, I don't know if he has health issues or anything like that. I know he's a bigger guy, but I don't know what his symptoms are, but Mike McCarthy, I don't wish any ill will on you. Um, you just frustrate me as a head coach sometimes, but, um, come back next week. We'll get it. We'll get a W against, uh, who do we play in 14? We play the Washington football team. So come back against Ooh, the Washington wow. football team. We'll see you in 10 days. 10. Yeah, no, the Saints are just... The Saints are going through it, and I think the Cowboys are going to run through them. It's just I, – I also hate picking against the Cowboys because Austin gets this weird look in his eyes. You guys can officially see it. He's like, dare you doubt the Dallas Cowboys. Dem boys. We dem boys. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of dem boys, uh, Colts versus Texans, I think Jonathan Taylor's going to rush for 300 yards because Derrick Henry's out, so somebody's <laughs> got to do it. Give me the Colts. If they lose this game, then fire Mike Vrabel or whatever his name is. No, it's uh, Frank Reich. My bad. Yeah. Frank Reich. I always fire confuse those two dudes. Fire, fire them all. Just, just hard reset. Fantasy draft the league. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick the Colts too. They need to bounce back. Um, Colt Texans aren't playing well anyways. The Colts are still playing well despite the loss. So, yeah, give me the Colts. This should be an easy win for them. Um, look, I get it. You want to be on the right side when the Lions are going to win a game. I, I'm i not picking the Lions this week. So Vikings nice. versus Lions. <laughs> the only subcurrent that would even lean me towards picking the Lions is the uh, avenging of DeAndre Swift. The dude's out with the shoulder injury. He probably doesn't play this Sunday. Maybe the team's inspired because their uh, leader is not playing. Dalvin Cook's out. Alexander Madison has been a decent enough fill-in for that running back spot over the past three years. Give me the Vikings. I think Thielen, Conklin, and uh, Jefferson with Cousins is enough to score enough points to beat Jared Goff and whoever the hell is getting thrown out there. So, yeah, give me the Vikings. I hope the Lions win. I want Mike, I want Mike Zimmer's head on a pike at this point. I just He needs to be fired. He's not helping in any way. But the Vikings should win this game. But if they lose, Matt he's Matt Nagy dodged the Lions' loss, but Mike Zimmer, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, give me the Vikings. The Vikings are just, on paper, the much better team in terms of weapons, everything like that. Whether it be Jefferson or Thielen, one of these guys is going to tear up the secondary, or at least should tear up the secondary of the Lions. 100%. But that brings us to a game that, honestly, I don't want to pick. It's Giants versus Dolphins, but you know what? (laughs) I'm going to roll with Tua. Because everyone's like, oh, it's Tua turned the ball over. Nah, dude, he threw it for a touchdown and no picks last week. This Dolphins defense salivates at quarterbacks that make really questionable decisions. And I don't think Daniel Jones has made a decision that I haven't questioned in the last two years. So give me the Dolphins. Yeah, um, the Dolphins are still on fire right now. Their defense is insane. Um, There should be no reason why the Dolphins just don't keep their streak going. And, you know... They've beat up decent teams. They beat up the Ravens. They beat up the Panthers when, you know, the Panthers were healthy for the first half. And even when the Panthers were healthy the first half, they did not look good. They've made decent teams look very bad. Um, So hopefully they don't play down to competition, but they should be beating the Giants. 100%. 
And then uh, speaking of 100%, Bucks versus Falcons, I'm 100% picking the Bucks. I don't care if Cordell Patterson has six touchdowns. They'll still find a way to lose. I'll take that. I'll take six touchdowns. That, the Falcons would, if you're watching, six. The Falcons would still lose the game somehow. It's the the, the curse of twenty eight to three isn't just applicable to the Patriots. You got Tom and Gronk on the other side, so it's another tough weekend for Falcons fans. Um, at least you got Kyle Pitts, right? Yeah, great. But then speaking of great, we've got Eagles versus Jets, an absolute barn burner. Give me the I Eagles. I want to pick the Jets so bad. I'm taking I the Eagles. Pick them so bad. I'm taking the Eagles. I don't trust Zach Wilson. Nick Sirianni's kind of an idiot, but I think the Jets are the, they're really bad. Michael Carter's not playing. I don't trust Tevin Coleman. Ty Johnson got out snapped by their fourth string running back this week. I don't trust the Jets offense to do things on a consistent basis. I trust Jalen Hurts to not throw three picks two weeks straight. Give me the Eagles. I mean, same. Like, I really want to pick the Jets because I feel like they can, Robert Sala can beat these kind of mediocre offenses or these poor offenses if, you know, Jalen Hurts is possibly playing with a bum ankle. So who knows if even Minshew, if Minshew plays on Sunday, does that change your mind? <laughs> yeah it's unlikely yeah. if Minshew plays I don't know I if Minshew plays I'm not picking either of the teams I'm just not okay. gonna do that we can just scratch <laughs> that one off because that's not that's like that's saying if Vinny Testaverde came out of retirement and was starting for the Jets and then Donovan McNabb was like hey hold my beer and suited up for the Eagles it's like as a toss-up I I don't care who wins at that point America wins at that point there you go um all right kyler is back he's gonna annihilate the bears Just matt Nagy's like, job is holding on with like like that shirt you got in your uh in your drawer that has like two threads holding the like sleeve on that's mean, like the Nagy's meme with uh the detroit player and david montgomery holding yeah, the shirt yeah. like four that yards is- literally matt Nagy's career right now and if <laughs> they're they're gonna lose this game no one's picking the bears to win but at some point, they got to get rid of dude. I'm hoping it's after this week. It probably won't be because no one expects them to win. So, yeah, give me the cards. And now this brings me to the uh, saddest moment of my week, which could turn into the best moment of my week. I'm going to pick the Bengals. I have two reasons for doing this. Joe Mixon scares the shit out of me. He's on a tear. He is having a redemption arc unlike that that we've seen in football the last couple of years. Um, Giovanni Bernard left and Mixon said, I am the captain now. And he meant it. Said it with his whole chest. And as a, as a Chargers fan, fine. if the Bengals win, we, we drop a game. But I get a point in the pick em. And if the Chargers win, Austin's not picking the Chargers this week. They've been burning us week in and week out. So it's a win-win. Yes, I would love for the Chargers to win and for me to be able to get a point on the podcast tally. But we've been really bad. And honestly, I want them to prove me wrong this week. Because from what I've seen, we just haven't been competitive. And this Bengals team has been very competitive. Give the ball to Austin Eckler. The podcast has Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon on the same team. So there you go. Um, yeah, give me the Bengals. Joe Mixon's has scored. Joe Mixon's. Joe Mixon's, Mixon. yes. All, Mixon's. All, the mix, all the Mixon's, like a, like ice cream. Yes. The, the jam, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Are we cool school. now? Is that how that works? Okay. I don't know, man. <laughs> Joe Mixon has scored eight touchdowns in four games. 
I'm pretty sure that's four straight games with two touchdowns. You know, Mass. He's a um, bad man. He, yeah, he's helping Joe Burrow a lot. And against the worst run defense, you just go with the hot hand. Yep. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase doesn't have to go off. They'll just hand the ball to Joe Mixon against the worst rush defense in the league. So, speaking yeah, thanks, Bengals, all the way. Speaking, speaking of some of, of worst, the worst, <laughs> they might have the worst coach, the worst defense, one of the worst offenses. Jaguars versus Rams. We're not even going to give you the option of thinking the Jaguars will win this game. Give me the Rams and an Urban Meyer panic attack because this is not going to be pretty. It's going to be an ugly game. Matt Stafford's pissed. He might throw two pick sixes just to make it interesting, but the Rams should win this game in a landslide. Yeah, I mean, give me give me the Rams and a four hundred dollar bill at Chili's for Urban Meyer. There you go. Uh, just, I I don't I don't care that the Jags beat the Bills. The, the Rams have to get right. This is their right week. If they fall to seven and five from losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, what do you want me to say? Um, I don't know what to say at that point if that were to happen. Hopefully they have a nice draft pick, right? Oh, wait, they don't have any for the next four years. If the Rams lose this game, I'm calling for, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'll call Wade Phillips and be like, what's going on? He's like, I don't work there anymore. And it's like, I need answers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm calling my mom because she needs to pick me up. I'm scared. I want to um, go home. The Washington football team against the Las Vegas Raiders. Give me the Raiders. I hate saying it, but I it's what needs to be said. This Washington football team can't keep getting away with it. I know they're probably going to beat the Seahawks tonight, but they play in the worst division in football, and they haven't been able to separate themselves. Their secondary has been terrible. Chase Young is not playing another down of football, and Antonio Gibson is not healthy. Heineke can do it. He can do a lot of things, but whenever I think of Taylor Heineke on his best day, I think of an average day for Derek Carr, minus some of the legwork. So I just yeah. think the Raiders are the better team. Uh man. I'm going to pick the football team because I'm going to go with the hot hand. Um, I've seen the Raiders play before. Like, I get it. They beat us. And this is not like, ooh, salty Cowboys fan. Like, no. it. The Raiders had a great game against us. You know, we penalized ourselves out of that game. Washington's hot right now. And if they beat Seattle tonight, they're going to go into Las Vegas hot. And yeah, at some point, their streak is bound to stop. It'll probably be week 14 when we set their asses straight. Um <laughs> <laughs> gotta beat the football team anyways um i'm just gonna think, go with the hot hand here i think the key for me is josh jacobs finally kind of had that game this year he had like yeah. 16 carries 87 yards in the score if jacobs can set the pace on the ground i think that opens it up so much more for this uh passing attack the raiders have and waller sean jackson has two catches for over 100 yards give me the raiders Darren Waller's probably going to have the best game of the season this the, of of his season this 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 week against the uh, Washington football team because if you are doubling uh Darren Waller Deshaun Jackson's getting open or Hunter Renfro's going to beat you for like 10 receptions 160 yards no scores there's just a lot of people to cover in that offense and I don't think they have the bodies to keep up but speaking of a lot of bodies and not being able to keep up they're going to need body bags in this AFC North <laughs> matchup this week. They hate each other, and Big Ben hates existence right now because the Steelers suck. Give me the Ravens. 
Uh, Big Ben is a shell of himself. If Mason Rudolph is seen, they're going to lose by 40. If Dwayne Haskins is seen, Mason Rudolph must have gotten cut because Dwayne Haskins doesn't even care about playing football half the time. The Ravens are a good team. The Steelers are not. And I just, it, it, it could be 13 to 10. But all I know is if a team's scoring more points, the Ravens offense is more capable than that of Pittsburgh. Yeah, if if Joe Mixon can annihilate this offense, then a team based around rushing the ball should be able to annihilate this offense again. I think it'll be a great game. It always is when these two teams come together. They play up to each other and beat the hell out of each other. But the Ravens are the better team going in. They've been the better team all season. They have the better quarterback. Their defenses line up just about the same. Um, Pittsburgh has the better running back in terms of like Devontae Freeman versus Najee Harris. Yeah. Um, and I think Pittsburgh has the better wide receivers overall, but yeah, I feel like the Ravens should be able to win this game by at least probably like a touchdown. I would say, I think it'll yeah. be close for a little while. Um, but yeah, the Ravens should end up winning this game. And then that brings us to a game where I'm actually going to pick the team that I wouldn't think that I would pick. Actually, this is between two teams in the NFC West that wish the season had gone a bit differently. It's Niners Seahawks, and I'm picking the Niners for the simple fact that, yes, Debo Samuel will be out, but the Seahawks defense sucks. Elijah Mitchell is a every down back, and Brandon Ayuk is starting to show up, and they beat on, they beat the Vikings, and George Kittle barely did anything. The Niners defense is not that bad. The Seahawks defense is worse, and Russ hasn't been playing like Russ. I guess he can bounce back this week, but no Chris Carson. Uh, I don't believe Will Disley's playing. It's just a really banged up Seattle team that does not have an identity. And at least for the Niners, they've seemed to find their identity in the last three to four weeks. So I think they're hotter than the Seahawks. And I think they're arguably more talented at the moment. Yeah. Give me the Niners too. Um, I still don't like them per se. Um, I will stick with that until the day I die. We talked about it like three or four weeks ago. As long as I keep winning, Jimmy Garoppolo will stay in at quarterback. They've won since we said that Jimmy Garoppolo will stay in at quarterback because now they are in the hunt because the NFC is just a shit storm beyond the division leaders. It's yep. an absolute fuckery what's going on for the six yeah. and seven slot. Because right now we know that the Rams are going to be the five slot at this point unless the Cardinals just absolutely fall apart and the Rams pick it back up out of nowhere. Um but the fight for the six and seven slot, everyone who's at five and seven, six and six is all in the hunt at this point. So they should be able to beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks don't really have much to play for after they possibly lose to the Washington football team tonight. So yeah, give me the Niners. Yeah, that leads me to this uh, wonderful matchup of the AFC West. I wish it was Chargers. Uh, Bengals that got flexed for Sunday night. I don't know why they flexed Broncos and Chiefs. I expect the Chiefs to run away with this game. They're not playing at mile high. They're playing in Arrowhead. The Chiefs found something over the last three weeks that I thought the NFL was afraid of, and they should have been. A fully unlocked Chiefs offense is arguably the best unit in football, and the Broncos defense, well, has overperformed. They did sell with trading Von Miller, and I just don't see any scenario where this Broncos offense can keep up with what the Chiefs should output. So give me the Chiefs. I think Mahomes has a big day. And then CEH is back. Kelsey's Kelsey and Tyree Kill's going to go off for 100 yards at some point again. 
Yeah, give me the Chiefs off a bye. Broncos played a good Chargers offense, you know, rate. But as long as the Chiefs continue to stay hot, they're well-rested. You know, you mentioned CEH is back. Tyreek and Kelsey and Mahomes are all going to be rested going against, you know, literally anybody that's dangerous. In Arrowhead makes it even harder. So give me the Chiefs by a decent amount. I, I assume this game won't be close unless we see the Chiefs of the first couple weeks of the season. But speaking of the team that we saw for the first couple of weeks of the season, this um, has to be the best Monday night football game this year so far. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the raid, the Raiders Ravens turned out to be a great game, but on paper, this is the best one we've gotten. You have two teams that are winning teams. You have a division race on the line. I, I like the Patriots. The Patriots are the hottest team in the NFC AFC right now. Um, everything's making me lean to pick the Patriots and which is why I'm going to go with the bills Um, for a good majority of this year. Josh Allen hasn't been fully unlocked. And while he was not perfect on Thanksgiving, he had a game like he hasn't had most of the time this year. And I think they're due. This is a must win game for the bills. Like the Patriots can afford to lose this. They still play the Bills one more time and they'll be tied for the division lead. And I think the Patriots probably have the tiebreaker at this point. So I'm picking the Bills because it's a higher stakes matchup for Buffalo than it is the Patriots. And every team that is streaked so far this year eventually comes down. And if I'm the Patriots, I'm hoping that we lose a game before the playoffs start because you have a rookie quarterback and you guys need to face some form of adversity before it comes to brass tacks and you're playing for all the marbles. So I think it's more beneficial to both for both teams that the bills end up winning in the grand scheme. Well, yes, Bill Belichick wants to win the division. This Patriots team is built so they don't really have to win the division. It doesn't matter if they're playing road home away up or down. This Patriots team is very solid, but I, I think both teams are better served if Buffalo wins. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Patriots and I am kind of behind this idea that the Patriots are that team, the Bill Belichick defense of take away the best weapon. Patriots know that the Bills can't run the football. They, they just can't. They don't do it well. So they're going to lock out to Stefan Diggs. That the plan is, the scheme is to lock out Stefan Diggs all night. So you're basically left with Dawson Knox and Emmanuel Sanders. And I don't see those two. JC Jackson's been playing out of his mind. That dude's been playing very well. Uh, I just don't see the Bills having enough perseverance to get over this hump that is, you know, the Patriots are hot. And the Bills have struggled this year when Josh Allen is pressured. They struggled against the Titans and they struggled massively against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, there is a scheme to beat the Buffalo Bills, and Jacksonville found it very, very well. And if, I think if Jacksonville can execute the correct scheme to beat the Buffalo Bills, then give me Bill Belichick to execute that scheme five times better. Uh, yeah, I hear you. This this game is arguably a toss-up. I can't complain oh, 100%. either way. It's going to be the best game we've seen on Monday night so far this yeah. year. Uh, the speaking Bills of Monday win, nights... Oh. Say if the Bills win, if the Bills win, it's not. This will not be a blowout. It's going to come down to Bass or or Folk or whoever gets the ball last. That's going to be the differential. And I think the big thing now with it 
Tredavious White is out for the year for the Bills. That could actually be a huge Stop. factor going into this matchup, but I don't think the Patriots receivers scare me as much as Stephon Diggs against that uh, Patriots secondary. It'll be J.C. Jackson versus Stephon Diggs. Whoever wins out in that matchup, that the winner of the matchup, the team is going to be looking very nice. Yeah, they'll be almost in firm control of the AFC East, and they'll have one more matchup. Any any sweep here probably leads to a division winner. Whoever, If someone's able to sweep, then they'll have the division firmly in hand. If it's a split, then it'll come down to probably the final week. 100%. Um, in terms of Monday nights, um, every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time, we are on the Halftime Hoops app. If you don't have that app, download it, come hang out with us and a bunch of other people talking all sports. Um, it's a great app, not really, you know, toxic. It's well moderated. Um, it's a good time. We mourn the New York Giants almost every other week. This week we there won't have to. We'll be praising them for an mm-hmm. hour tonight. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, it'll be a um, it'll be a party. This is this is our first stream. Um, this will probably become usual for us. I know this is all kind of generic. We're we're working on it, um, but. We wanted to come to you guys live. We wanted to hang out with people, um, kind of get more out there on Twitter and YouTube. We'll be on Facebook eventually, maybe even LinkedIn, because you know, get a, get a job or something. You know, yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, so if you've tuned in for the first time or the one hundredth time, however many episodes we've had at this point on the podcast, um, thank you for checking us out. Thanks for hanging out with us um, in our first ever live stream. Um, I'm sure times will change here and there because, you know, life happens and we have day jobs. Unfortunately, we don't, yeah. we don't, get, we do not get paid to do this. So we have yet to quit our day jobs. So, but if you want to pay us to do it, we'll do it. Insert <laughs> right your here. brand here, <laughs> here, there, there everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> they sold Alrighty. out. Everybody will. Oh, oh man. All right. Devin, nothing. Is, uh, some some things never change. This is customary. It's going to be the same thing till the end of time. If the rapture's happening, you're still going to hear one more word. Peace. <laughs>